basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! He's locked in on the box. He brings the insight and the opinions. He's Eric Name of The Athletic on Rutledge and Hamilton. Before we get to Eric, let me tell you about Canopy Wealth Management. They take their clients' financial goals as something that is important to them and unique to them, and they want to help strive to reach that maximum potential. So go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with them today. That's canopy-wealth.com. I have a question for everyone on the show here. Do you believe that – actually, I didn't even say this. Are you confident that you could safely land a passenger airplane in an emergency situation? Matt? Yes. Yes, I am. Not a chance. Eric? No, never in a million years. No, like, they're, like I've seen enough movies. The tower talks through it. Like, I imagine if you can just listen I, to instructions. I, I wish I could walk around with the false confidence so, that that man does. Yeah. YouGov America uh, had this poll out there. Roughly one in three Americans, 32% of them, including nearly half of all men poll <laughs> are confident they yeah. can safely land a passenger airplane in an emergency situation, uh, relying only on the assistance of air traffic control. Just one in five women said the same. Yeah. This is why yeah. women live longer than men. I'm pretty confident I can do it. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, I helped land a Cessna once. Helped? I mean, I sat co-pilot. It's like you saying you helped Giannis <laughs> score 55 points last night because you were did. at the game. I did. He did. he did sit there. He did sit there. See, That's even true. name can give me some credit for that. Oh, man. Matt, first tell your uh, story yeah. of your fan nearby. Eric, Eric, Eric. So Talking with Eric Name from The Athletic. Best game experience of all time, right? So we got good seats. We're Pretty sitting down, 12th row, and there's this little girl behind me. Couldn't be more than 10. Tiny. Every time the Wizards were at the line, we would hear, (laughs) every single time to the point where it was like, this is so good. I can use this a million different ways for our show. I recorded it. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't contagious and I didn't yell, you suck during free throws a couple times. I mean, how? Yeah, like, that's just the you, electricity of the stadium. Honestly, that's there's also intimidation, right? <laughs> like, if, if she's willing to do that for every free throw, that means everyone in the section is put on notice. Yeah, this God. is what uh, this is what we do in our section. Yeah, so you better be you better be on board, and if you're not, you're gonna have problems. You're gonna have to deal with me. Yeah, she set the tone, and I liked it. It was the tone I wanted to be at, so we're we're there. So, uh, Eric, you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about with Giannis in the game yesterday. I more want you to recap the uh, charging foul that got overturned and our back and forth there. Wow. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Um, Universal question. It was good. I, I, I don't know if you if you can apply for this job, but if you <laughs> can get a job out in sub in Secaucus, like yeah. you might be the new go-to for replay situations because as the replay is going down, Matt Hamilton tells me that it looks like he slide that it looks like he slid in late and I'm an expert on sliding. And <laughs> it was tough it was tough for me to disagree with, right? It, and you, you hate know, charge calls. You hate I charge do- calls. I do hate charge calls. I do think the NBA would be better if we could figure out a different way to legislate it. But 
with all that being said, Matt Hamilton nailed it. 100%. Yeah. Well, it got it got overturned. The challenge was successful. Uh, he did slide in a little bit late, and they called it a block instead, and Giannis goes to the line and keeps adding to what ended up being a historic night. Yeah, so I'm a little curious on Giannis's historic night. Uh, obviously, I was driving. I didn't catch the post-game presser. What was his energy and vibe like after that? You didn't see yeah. this? Huh? Sorry, go I ahead. Mean, it's like very viral. Go ahead, Eric. No, I uh, yeah, I was doing things I, like wh- coming home. Which which part went viral? I don't even yeah. know. Like I was just there. So you, Jim, you fill me in. A <laughs> well, the, it's the Milwaukee. I also don't know. So. It's the Milwaukee quote. It's uh, talking about how he loves to see plays for the jersey or the name on the front, and like was just giving a lot of love to the city of Milwaukee. Well, I mean, he he held the Milwaukee on yeah, his and jersey so, like, a lot. I think it was a TV night. broadcast, but he pointed out and like that's all I see is. Milwaukee fans falling head over heels, uh, trying to throw their love back at yeah. uh, Giannis for that. For that, uh, a lot of love towards Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so I, I was curious which part because I thought a lot of his post game was fascinating. Um, he's been on a just historic run as of late. This is forty points in five of the last seven games, forty plus, ten plus rebounds in his last three games. The three-game stretch that he's had in the last three is the most any buck has ever scored in three consecutive games. Uh, Obviously, 55 ends up being too short of the single-game record. Uh, He's just in this really ridiculous place, and it's at least partially because the Bucs are struggling and because Chris Middleton is not healthy and because Drew Holiday has missed some games, and we've seen his usage climb to a rate that we haven't seen with from him during his time here with the Bucks, even with Mike Boonholzer kind of pushing that up over the years. Um, so he's really taking on a lot right now. And I do think, you know, there's like kind of like a sense of like, like a deep breath, like, okay, that, that was tiring. Uh, but you know, he has the, he's Jersey popping Milwaukee the whole night. And, right. you know, I think there's three separate occasions where he, did, uh, you know, th- at the end of the first half, he, hits Porzingis with a pump fake, step through, lefty finger roll, and he's kind of skipping up the floor, having a good time after that. Uh, you know, there's the shimmy after the no-look pass. To yeah. Uh, he, w- like, he was full-on feeling himself last night, and, and I think all of that kind of came through in the postgame when obviously he's talking about, you know, what the city means to him and how much he's loved it here and how much that the city is meant to kind of his growth. And obviously this is the only place he, that he's ever played. But on top of it, you know, there's me asking him, like, hey, Diamond Mitchell had 71 last night. Uh, since this was last night, this was two nights ago, that yeah. Diamond Mitchell had 71. Um, it feels like every other night someone's going for 50 or 40, 20 in a triple-double or whatever it might be. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like since everyone moved their levels up a little bit, you also feel the pressure like, oh, I need to bring my level up as well. And he, he proceeded to go on a four-minute just monologue by himself, just answering that question. And, you know, like at the core of it is, no, I, I don't compete with these other people. There's eight billion people on this planet. We're all unique. There's only one Giannis. And even if I had a twin, I still wouldn't be able to compete <sighs> perfectly against that person because he was born five or ten minutes earlier or later than me. So all I can do is compete with myself. So I only focus on myself and getting better. But in the same vein, he mentioned the fact that, yeah, he does notice the guys that are going off. And and what he is after is not to be, you know, Donovan Mitchell, 
because he remembers earlier in his career when it was, you know, Isaiah Thomas when he was on the Celtics going for 50 points. He remembers when it was Chris Stapps Porzingis, when it was uh, Paul George, it was John Wall, it was all these other people. What he's after is LeBron James. He's after LeBron James on his 38th birthday going for 47, and then a night later going for 43. And for him, he wants this to be commonplace. He wants this to be the standard. And to me, I thought that was the most interesting thing where, you know, he mentioned during the postgame, in an ideal world, he gets to a spot where a 55-point a night is boring, that everyone just expects it, that this is what he does, and this is what he's trying to get after. You get, you get to a point where, where it's kind of boring. And honestly, as the words came out of his mouth, I, I truly wondered if he thought this has already happened. Because I do think there there is, and I'm guilty of it covering the team. You know, the other night when Giannis has a, a 40-20 night, I wrote a quick news story about it for The Athletic. And, you know, we went into it for, for a little while, made sure we got the headline up and said, wow, this is ridiculous. First got to go 40-20 on back-to-back nights and however long. But my game story was about Joe Ingles looking good for the first time. My, my game story was about like, hey, this is what matters to the Bucks going forward because we know Giannis is great. But if the Bucs are going to make a deep run, if they're going to be great in the playoffs, then they also need Joe Ingles, and they need these other things. And I do wonder if Giannis is really starting to feel like, oh, it truly doesn't matter what I do at this point. I'm not going to get the attention that other people do. Uh, 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 I'm not me getting taken for granted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch the rest of the season. We lost a little bit there uh, at the end with uh, Eric. Uh, one question before we let you go, uh, Eric. And uh, we were talking beforehand, and Matt obviously is a big fan of the charge because his favorite basketball player is Brad Davison. <laughs> uh, big fan of college basketball here. I have a, God. Uh, I have a uh, theory that college basketball coaches – seem to coach, I don't want to say the talent, but coach a lot of the talent and free will out of their players to run their system as opposed to in the NBA where you're allowed uh, more freedom to kind of run an offense there. So my question is more of like how beneficial do you think college basketball is for most NBA players? I think it's, it's helpful in that you're playing the next level up. Like that is always going to be helpful for a basketball player. Like going from high school to college, playing more players that, you know, in, in high school you play a couple guys that are the best player in their team, but the rest of their team is normal guys. And when you get to college, all of a sudden it's the best player from every high school team. And when you get to the NBA, it's the best player from every college team. Like those jump ups yeah. in level are, are always going to make an impact. And, and then I do think it it's really about, being with the right coaches and being in the right systems. Uh, Cause I do think there's plenty of places in college that if you get a coach that kind of believes in many of the things that NBA coaches believe in, you can have a lot of freedom on offense. You can find ways to grow your game and do some of those things. There will be other places where you're not as free to do those things. And, and I think that is kind of where it gets difficult to figure out exactly how much it's helping and in what ways it's helping. Uh, so I had one more question, and this is kind of weird. It's analytical, 
right? Um, oh boy. Sure. So when oh, I, so I noticed this a lot when Brooke Lopez is trying to take a board, oftentimes he would just tip it to a guy, right? Yep. And then that guy would gather it and take it down the court. Who gets the rebound on that? That's not uh, analytical. Side no, it, no, it's who, <laughs> who gets the stat. Uh, How is it that is not a, analytical? It's, it's, it's a statistical statistic. question. It's a, it's a statistical <laughs> question. Uh, Brooke Lopez gets if if you control tip it, and the scorekeeper believes they can figure out your intent. Right, because I saw him like, tip a lot to Giannis, and I was like, Giannis only has seven boards or ten boards, right. and I was like, no, ah, uh, uh, okay. The, those are all Brooke Lopez rebounds. Okay. Um, where it gets a little bit more confusing is if a ball's in the middle of the air and multiple people tip it, then it's going to be who controls it after that. Right. But okay. In in a Brooke Lopez situation, typically what he does. Yeah, it looked like it was totally controlled, like a pass, yeah. but he just like volleyball spiked it to him. <laughs> like, right. It's very and, weird. And, and it's a, and it's an easy way to start the fast break, right? Yeah. Like if Giannis doesn't have to turn around and jump up and grab it and then turn around to to go back, if he can just start sprinting down the court and Brooke can tap it to him and let him go, uh they've probably taken two seconds off their fast break and, and they've gotten on top of the defense that much quicker. Ah, okay. Well then the more you know. Eric, as always, we appreciate that uh great insight. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy to do it, and I'm always happy to receive a text from Matt that he's at, a, at the game. And if I ever have any refereeing questions, I will make sure I text Matt. Thank you. I, I'm sure you will, and my line's always open. And Matt, if you have any statistical procedural questions, you can ask that. I, I'll ask you. Well. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Want to see Matt's mustache up close? Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Is this something people want? Do they like want a close up of his stash? You got some crumbs in there.